concludes episode 156 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahel, but you can call me Patsy, the award-winning nerd. Woohoo! And I am here, of course, uh, broadcasting not from Castle Wolfenstein, but from Magenta Manor. There was some sort of alien attack, and Castle Wolfenstein has been compromised, so we are broadcasting from the safety of Magenta Manor at the moment. And so, while we do not have Johnny Wolfenstein with us today, we of course have the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, and the Queen of Monsters, ladies and gentlemen, Ashes Von Nightmare. The perk of broadcasting from Magenta Manor is that the wine is flowing this evening. And the pants are a being not worn. <laughs> I don't know. Well, today we have something very special for you guys. Fresh, Sh- shark, sharktastic, even? It's fantastic. Fantastic, it's there we go. It's awesome. Oh. You can call it. Uh, denticles. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Insert shark pun here. Don't call it a guilty pleasure. Oh, that's good. I don't think I have any more lateral lines on this one. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by the creators and stars of Bad CGI Sharks. Uh, introducing uh, from my left to right, we have Matteo Molinari. We have uh, Jason Ellsworth, and we have Matt Ellsworth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you guys for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having us. Yes, thank you, guys. Thanks. Happy to be here. Now, we, we were lucky enough, you guys sent us a screener, which we watched last night, and we're going to get into it later, but I think you're going to like our thoughts on this. I should say we watched it and then immediately watched it again because it was just so incredibly entertaining. You guys have no idea how much we enjoyed this film. We missed a lot of stuff because we were laughing, too, so we had to go back. I'm going to be happy for at least the next three weeks on that song. Can we close it now? Yeah, we'll we'll just let you know you're there. We're happy. We're good. Well, you guys also have the... uh, I don't know about distinct pleasure or honor, but you are our first interview, fresh off of winning uh, the first annual Scaricon Award uh, for best interview. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. Uh, funny, funnily enough, we won for the sci-fi production Megalodon. We interviewed the cast of that that movie, so... So you know, we're, we're nice ho- I, I guess we're just hoping to go for another award for, with with this episode. Yeah, shark awards, <laughs> shark shows get us awards. So that's what we're going for. <laughs> so we have a little thing that we like to do called getting into character, where we ask you guys a series of random questions that may or may not have anything to do with anything that you guys do. You know, might not have anything to do with the movie, but. It helps us kind of break the ice and get to know you guys a little bit better. So, are you ready for your getting into character questions? Can we give you random answers? That's fine. That's what we're looking for. Okay. Then, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, the first question I have is, is there an actor you would have liked to have gotten in this film? Like, from any... Any part of history. You could say Robert Shaw from Jaws. You could say anything. Doesn't matter what role, just anyone. 
Hard enough to pick the king of bees, uh, Bruce Campbell. Yes. Ooh. Nice. Bruce should be in every uh, yeah. movie ever, I feel like. It should just be a requirement. Uh, I've always wanted to meet the Bucks Bunny. Okay. That's true. <laughs> He's notoriously difficult to get a hold of. I heard that. Literally go along to, yes. Yes. Um, huh. Maybe Mr. Eric Roberts of constant sci-fi movie <laughs> fame. Yes. Mm. Yes. Lorenzo Lamas. Lorenzo, you know, the whole, bring Ooh, out the, yeah. Lorenzo Lamas, bring out the Eric Roberts, bring out the, who else we got in these, the gloriously, uh... But for a while there was David Carradine. He, yes. he did a yeah. few of those. Dean Cain. Dean, yeah, Dean Cain of, uh, what is it, uh, Boa? Uh, no, Boa. Boa, yes, yes, I got it right. I got yeah, it. Andy the Talking Hedgehog. Yes, he, he was also uh, he was also in uh, Antarctic Predator or Arctic Predator, which is interesting because it took place in the Antarctic. So that was fun. Um, Duality of the creature. You know. See, what I've learned is that you, sir, know your stuff. That's a that's a. I I I do my best. I do my best. This man knows the Dean Cain filmography. Not <laughs> just Clark. He knows the deep cuts, baby. Yes. Oh, I love my sci-fi movies. Uh, Yes. Ashes, you have a question. I do. I have a couple of them. So question number one, if your personality was an ice cream flavor, what flavor would it be? Ooh. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go with bubble gum. Okay. Because I like artificial, screamingly bright colors that bubble gum ice cream usually has. That's fair. I would go with uh, vanilla because I'm very plain and boring. and He's boring as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably go with uh, pistachio because I love green and I am a nut. I love it. That's love a good it. call. So, uh, you guys created a, a shark movie and you clearly have a love of sharks. So, what is your favorite variety of shark? Uh, I've always been drawn, perhaps a little cliche, but I love the aesthetics of the hammerhead. Yes. Uh, very bizarre-looking creature. Very cool. It's almost like a sci-fi creature in real life. Um, the goblin shark is an yes. awesome-looking, horrifying uh, creature. And, of course, that's going to be the star of the new 47 meters uncaged is the goblin shark, I believe. Yes. Yes. Yep. Uh, which is cool because I don't believe we've seen that particular breed in a movie before. No. Uh, not. The only one I've seen is in a movie I watched recently called Empire of the Sharks. Okay, I remember, yes. That's like a Waterworld uh, type. Yes. And they had all the bombs strapped to the goblin shark. That was like their weapon at the end that they sent out. Okay. We're not used to people knowing these extremely esoteric... I mean, I'm used to him knowing these esoteric shark references, but... I also like the the, the black black tip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just a little... Just a little... Just a hint of... Just a tip. Yeah, just a dash on the well, I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed when I was kind of showing you around the uh, the apartment here, but, I mean, I've got my, my pillow pad here. I've got a little oh, bit of yeah. I've got myself a hammerhead. Oh, nice. Awesome. Nice, nice blue hammerhead. I've got a stuffed hammerhead around somewhere, too, myself. Got another guy here. Oh, that's nice. And then I've got a whole bunch. i got a black tip shark right there lining up the... Uh, this is great for... Uh, the folks listening on the podcast who can't see what I'm showing you. Right. <laughs> yes, so. visually. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm showing some of my stuff because we're on Skype. We're doing video for for those of you at home who aren't on video, which I guess would be literally everyone that's not the five of us. <laughs> so, um, 
Ashes, have you got another question? I do. I have one more question. All right, so one more question for you guys. I would love to know, what is your favorite shark movie? Aside from bad CGI sharks. Uh, my answer recently is, um, it's our now our label mate, House Shark, because I have sat through quite a lot of the shark movies with my buddies here, and I found oftentimes, even though it seems the title would indicate a screaming self-awareness, how Shark was the first one I saw that realized what it was and really just bathed in the absurdity. A lot of times you feel like if you have like shark to puss versus whale, whale wolf and these type of names that the insane over the topness should just be standard. Uh, but oftentimes I find them to be a little too routine other than the creature. So how Shark to me kind of nicely ramped up the comedy along with the insane sharkitude, if you will. I like that. I have three favorite shark movies. Please. Well, one, of course, is Jaws, because yes. it's Jaws. Uh, one is uh, Jaws the Revenge, because uh, it's incredibly hard to fail spectacularly with a shark and a franchise like that, as Jaws the Revenge did. Because uh, I, I love that the fact that the protagonist is in love with a plane pilot. And I say, how many sharks are there in the sky? <laughs> but it does so, follow them from coast to coast. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it takes a trip. From then, Amity course, to the Bahamas. Yes. And then, of course, Shark Attack 3 Megalodon. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, might, I might change my answer to that one. Yeah, all for the wrong reason, but is uh, the wall-to-wall entertaining. It's a beautiful. It's a wonderful movie. And if anyone is listening knows about Shark Attack 3, you know it contains the greatest line of dialogue in cinematic history. by anybody. If you don't know what it is, go YouTube it. You'll find out. Yes, but it's better, it's, it's better if, if they... It's better if they don't know. Yeah, the greatest line the of dialogue in history in Shark Attack 3. How about you, Matt? I guess to not go with the classic Jaws, I might say bait, which I thought was a really yep. kind of fun idea to throw, in, to throw sharks into... Uh, a mall or grocery store type setting, and I think it was pretty well. It was fun, yeah. yeah. And Deep Blue Sea Two, yeah. yeah. I just like the fact that the what I will say the thing that I liked about Deep Blue Sea is they didn't go with the classic great white like they went with Mako, and then in the second one they went with a bull shark. So, yes. I mean, the great white is the one that gets all the attention, you know, for obvious yes. reasons. White, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But even I, I think a lot it of it has the, the word "great" right in its name. Yeah, I mean, right. it's the biggest and it's the baddest. You know, it's it's nice seeing some representation of other sharks. You know, yes. And also uh, throwing in uh, just as a honorable mention, open waters, open water, and open mm. water three. Yeah, yeah. The Not second, so much two, no <laughs> sharks, but one one terrifying and three surprisingly a fun time. Actually, on the note of the overarching topic of CGI sharks, there's a couple shots in Open Water 3 that just put every other shark attack yes. one to shame. And we were watching a little bit of the behind the scenes. I think they actually found a way to kind of superimpose a real shark onto the person. But if you watch the Open Water 3 trailer, one of the shots is in there. It looks so real as far as the shark actually grabbing it. That's what we always, all of us, mess up on is how do you get the CGI sharks to interact with the human? That's the worst part. Open Water 3 did a pretty damn good job yes. of, uh, I don't know why more people don't use the technology they did. It's a good question. Um, once you see it, like, okay, you know, someone has been able to do this, exactly. you know, and yeah. get this type of shot. Like, I can understand in, you know, the original Jaws, where it was, you know, really the first shark attack movie that 
you know, yes. kind of jumped onto the scene. You know, they even had real shark footage, you know, when, like, the shark's yeah. twisting on top of the cage and stuff like that. Larry Taylor. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you know, there's there's always got to be a little bit of that suspension of disbelief that goes along with it. Now, I do have a final bonus question for you gentlemen. Have any of you read uh, the Peter Benchley's novel, Jaws? This guy right here, Matteo, has. Yes. So I read it in Italian and in English. So oh, wow. then you know how anticlimactic and terrible that yes. ending is. <laughs> yes. It's just like, eh. It's just, and it's, the, it, it's actually the last page. Yeah. That it, you turn it and say, huh. It's just kind of, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, 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 the, the shark dies of exhaustion, pretty much. It's just like, it, it can't take it anymore. The shark was tired and went home to take a nap. Yes. <laughs> basically, basically, yeah. It's like, Brody's sitting there, uh, Hooper's dead, Quint is dead, he gets dragged down like Captain Ahab, uh, and then Brody's hanging on to this, like, ch- like, flotation chair, and here comes the shark, here comes the shark, he closes his eyes and screams! Nothing happens. The shark dies and sinks. Like that. That's. Yes. It's one of the most de- depressingly. After all of that, it's like this was so great. Like Brody's wife was cheating on him with Hooper this whole time. Like, and he didn't even know it. Yes. And this yeah, is how he tells it me about that subplot, which just seems weird and extraneous, at least to my knowledge. I haven't read it, but. But yeah, it's it's and the the, the death of uh, Alex Kidner happens. In the no, nobody sees it in, in, in the movies. Is the, the full uh, beach with everybody? But in the in the novel, if I remember, it happens just like in front of two or three people. Yeah. I say ah, it was something, but just like very also there anticlimactic or anti. So basically, to sum it all up, here Benchley's book is boring as shit. Yes. Thank <laughs> God stepped in and showed that no talent hack how to do things. That's right. <laughs> So I think with that we'll uh, we'll take a quick break, mm-hmm. and when we come back we'll get into the real discussion of C- bad CGI sharks and figure out where all uh, where all this comes from. So we'll be right back. Greetings. We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons. I don't know. Help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibers. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidocubus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck. But they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retro Reductopus is part of the Inebriard Podcast Network, with new episodes out every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or straight from the tab, reductopus.buzzsprout.com. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, star of Sci-Fi Channel's Megalodon, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday's podcast. Holy sidetracking, guys! The train just came off the tracks! Derailers! Be sure to follow the Derailers on Twitter at the Derailers!
And make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube so you can catch the episode next week, folks. Same derailment time, same derailment channel. <laughs>
pause the movie because we were laughing so hard at that one point <laughs> that I just, uh, this film is so meta and I love it. I absolutely love it. That makes us, you're making us so happy. Of, no, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to float through my, my days just from hearing this. It was such a cartoony idea that we were just hoping it would kind of work and pull through. We had a few different variations of how to present it, but uh, that's awesome. That and did. without spoiling specifics, but you have no idea how bizarre it is to contact stock footage companies. <laughs> So, yes. <laughs> I promise you I am not a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> That's too late. Um, they know I'm not a freak of nothing, but what are you, if you flip through your archives there, do you have any, you know... Uh... Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I will say this. Uh, I definitely think you wore it better. Um, it was close. It was close, but I think you wore it better. Um, yeah, some of the... It's not just, like... The jokes, it was also, like, the delivery that you guys had, like, you have a pool? No. Like, that shit, that's great! Like, um, the neighbor, um, Josh, even the credits, where you've got stuff crossed out, like, because I made sure to watch through the credits as well. No. You are making it so <laughs> yes. happy right now. It's, it, can we just say it's clear that you guys are proof that the audience does exist and you guys are the audience, and we feel blessed that we showed it to you and you enjoyed it so much. Because that you, you, ex this is exactly what we wanted to hear. Like, no, you're not psychos. This weird shit is actually funny. No, it's we were watching this film and we were just, he and I were looking at each other and saying things along the lines of, oh my God, it's like they wrote it for us. Because, yeah. you know, it, well, it follows our, our sense of humor is very similar to what was written and, and, you know, what was on the screen and we just, we got it. And it's almost like, you know, you had to, you either got it or you didn't. And we definitely got it. And, um, the writing process, how, uh, how many scripts did you go through and what made you decide that this was the final product? Like, final product i think it was two, yeah, three, three 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 complete uh, uh drafts yeah. and three substantially different drafts not yeah. that that the, there is virtually nothing from the first one that carried over to the second one first one was very absurd naked gun looney tunes kind of vibe to it the second one was kind of more of a self-aware but still pretty wacky and then third, we really kind of brought it back and kind of toned it down to a more realistic story where sharks were integrated gradually as opposed to making them the focus and the main idea of our story. Because we still wanted to, I think, say something as ludicrous as our title and our idea was. We still wanted to have some poignancy to it and actually be able to have a message get across to and actually tell a story that we cared about. And hopefully other people who watch it care about as well. There was a certain point, and I forget, I feel like it was the third draft, but you guys will remember the moment. I don't remember which draft we were on, but I was just literally like, give me the laptop, I have an idea. I sat down, clacked away for 15 minutes, and that was where the first version of uh, Mateo's character just walked up, straight up talked to the audience. I think at that point it was an evil computer that made ideas yes. come to life, but... Yeah. We were having so much trouble with the tone, I was like, look, just give me this thing, I have an idea. And when I showed them the format of Bernardo walking up and just talking to the camera, suddenly something clicked. 
Uh, and it has been a while, and it's kind of a jumble as to all the iterations it went through, but I do remember that moment where all of a it sudden... Was, it was so, the beginning of the second draft. Okay, so he does remember. So beginning of the second draft, once I knew that Bernardo could kind of walk the audience through the absurdity, I kind of start. I think we all kind of started to get a sense of this can work. We can finally congeal all the weird ideas. So what was the inspiration? Like, what inspired you to want to make this movie? And are the pens in Hollywood really that much better than regular pens? <laughs> guys are awesome. They are. They're beautiful. You've seen them. <laughs> they say Hollywood right on the side. Yes. It, it, it was a... Mainly, it was exasperation. And shit. Yes. And shit. Yes. Because we've been writing, trying to do... Um, Stuff uh, we we try Strips, to do shorts animations. Yes, in uh, fact, for instance, uh, the uh, shameless self promotion. But if you go on uh, YouTube, you can still find uh, the amazing non award winning uh, uh, cartoon series uh, that we did in thirteen episodes of two embryos uh, cruising for chicks. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is called American Graffitis. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> and, uh, These are our people. There are 13 episodes on YouTube which we made and nothing happened. Even with that, we thought, hey, we have a great title. And no. you, if you if you look at the if you look at the fetus twins in that show, it's pretty much once again Matthew and me. Uh, we've been trying to find a way to get the brother shtick to work for years. Even before we moved out to L.A., even before I knew Matteo Molinari even existed, we were trying to find some way to make the brother shtick work. But as humorous as it sounds, uh, not only the desperation was the inspiration for this, but my two buddies here are very much connoisseurs of bad movies. And I thought I knew what a bad movie was. I think most people think they know what a bad movie was. But they gradually showed me lower and lower grade it felt like I was literally watching some high school's kids film project with a VHS quality. Every time I would turn around, I would see the barcode, and I'm like, someone is still producing this. Someone put this out as an official release. So the catchphrase became, let's get our own barcode, let's get a barcode. And they showed me such a low level of movies that I got to the point where I was like, we can at least match this. And that was the genesis of... That was the bar. But... <laughs> <laughs> I got. I saw enough crap that I was inspired that we could make something that was at least shit ourselves, and then we slowly rose from there. See, Very that's slowly. that's kind of funny because you know when I was a kid, I used to write all the time. And then I was like, no, my ideas are stupid. And then I read The Mangler by Stephen King about a haunted <laughs> laundry machine that kills people. Yeah. And then they made a movie on it. Then they no. made a sequel to that movie, and it's Wait, like, really? okay, nothing that I could come up with. It's worse than a haunted laundry machine that kills people. So, yes. you know, there's going to be lots of stuff better than what you do, but there's also going to be a whole lot of shit that's way worse. I think that there's an audience for everything as well, and you just kind of need to find your people. You need to find your niche, and when you do, I think that you can find success. Yeah, it's it's just like... Uh, and also, we, 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 had, uh, we came to a point where... We did write a few scripts, and but it was also again exhausting and pathetic to go around and say, "Can you read my script?" or doing something like this, and 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 nothing would happen. So at some point we said, "Why don't we write something that we can actually do and we have total control?" And uh, that's that's what happened with the help, serendipitous 
help from two Italian friends. We originally planned it was just going to be the three of us. Matteo was going to buy a $30 shark CGI program with stock sharks, and we were just going to front load it with jokes and probably film it with a decent camera. Probably not great. Had we stuck with the version with just the three of us, we might have had something right now that we're a little more embarrassed about than like we're having probably, the attention. We probably yeah. wouldn't have this conversation, right? <laughs> <laughs> our, uh, our our two-man crew who came in from Italy quite serendipitously elevated us wildly. Just yeah. the, the whole, everyone compliments the look, and I'm like, thank you, I had nothing to do with it. I'm very grateful myself for it. <laughs> well, yes, our, our, our gorgeous two-man crew, this gas thing, who's the second logo you see pop up in the beginning, yep. Emilio and Alessandro, amazing, incredible work, helped us in immeasurable, can't even count the ways. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked... Some of the stuff you did, and you know, to kind of touch on something you you guys said earlier, like, "Oh, we're not actors." I thought you guys did an excellent job. Like, yes. we were, like, we were rooting for you. We really enjoyed the 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 characters. Um, even some of the folks that just had like one line, you know, like, "Hey, Bob," oh, it's, it's, ah! it's <laughs> you know, like, like that was such a great scene. It was just like a quick thing, and like some of the credits, it's like. You know, it's like, oh, who were you in the movie? Bloody Arm. Like, that was great. Um, several times, because we like to make, uh, when we have the title of our episode, we like to, or I like to come up with like some sort of pun or, or play on words that, you know, really fits in with the aesthetic of the episode. And three or four times during during the movie, we're like, that could be an episode title. That could be an episode <laughs> title. Like, so much intercourse, like <laughs> I lost it. I was like, that could be that could be the title right there. I do have a question regarding one of your co-stars. When casting Chumley, did you have any idea that he'd be such a natural? And has fame gone to his head? He stole the show. Yes. Uh, he's been a little arrogant ever since we've started. She, he's heard the, the feedback from the screeners, and I think he's getting a little arrogant. Uh, I am worried he may be getting a drug habit, but overall he's a good guy. He's a little unprepared for the spotlight, but uh, I thought I knew he would be a natural. He looked adorable on camera, and, you know, that's half the battle right there. He doesn't answer my email anymore. You know, <laughs> you, you know what? He actually doesn't answer me anymore, now that you guys bring it up. Yeah. Uh, it's Have possible you? Chumley might be turning into a Hollywood prick, but during the filming, he was an angel. Oh, uh, stayed yes. right there on my shoulder, loyally. Uh, you, th that's just an example of dream casting, right there. And you know? he, was, he was prepared every single time. He yes. was prepared every single time. He knew what he had to do. You know. Yeah. I don't think he 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 messed up a line or missed a spot like no, at all. No, he did. He, was like, he, he always the game face on. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he found his mark every time, and his lighting was always perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, whoever your makeup crew was, they did a, a, a fantastic job. Yeah. Half, of, half of our makeup crew is there. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't afford uh, an actual makeup uh, assist, uh, artist, so... We had a kick-ass one, but she was we only had... there on important days. If it was just us yes. running around the streets, usually yeah. Matthew would take care of the Anna, duties. Anna Lee Cantarelli, she came on the first day, she taught him everything, and then she showed up in a couple of key moments uh, during the production, yeah. but the vast majority of the makeup was Matthew. She did do the hand, though, which is awesome. Yes, she mm -hmm. is the hand. She is the hand. Yes. yes. So, one question I had, you know, again, watching the credits, and I don't want to give away too much, and I don't want to spoil anything. Um, there was a special message for the uh, beach patrons. Um, 
Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Oh my God. <laughs> we, were, let's, we, we, we didn't think we were going to be able to find a beach that would let us shoot. We eventually did. And then once we realized that when you pay for that, you pay to shoot there. You don't pay to have someone section it off or to have a guard or for them to close the beach down. So I think within the first five minutes of shooting the beach scenes, some old woman just saunters <laughs> up, goes into like a swan pose. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god! And I walk over. She's like, I'm like, Miss, could you? Or she's like, I'm just starting my morning yoga. And they were running around back and forth. There were and people we were with dogs too. We showed up yes, maybe six, yes, six thirty in the morning. There were joggers. There were yoga people. There it's were groups that we got the people, shots. people walking by gawking. What are you filming? Is it a shock? A shock movie? It can't be better than Jaws. What is it? Where's the shot? Oh my god! And so I cannot believe my amazing crew pulled it off. Blessings to this tight knit six person crew, but they. They were everywhere. We had no privacy. They were walking through the shot. And of course, if you look, it's not the most horrific thing, but in a couple shots, you'll see them in the distance. Yes. And I always make the joke, Matthew, quick, ask that person behind you for help with the giant shark. It's, it's. So it's, fuck them! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's fascinating because, well, we can always say that we're, they're living a dream, so people in the background yes. kind of like is unaware. But it's very hard when yeah, you... Oh, that's, there we go, that's the answer. Let's cool. go in every single theater and explain that. Uh, yeah, theater. Like, like, like we're going to get it. Um, but it's, it's always complicated when you have a six-people crew and the three of them are in front of the camera, two are actually shooting the movie, and one is our producer who's running. We, we literally said, you know, like, can you please go over there and just try your to best to be like... To 200 people and tell them to just say... Like, so, so we pulled it off. Yes. So yeah, just just to reiterate, fuck those people on the beach. Yes. <laughs> on, on a specific day. Maybe the other days they were fantastic. We should have had the hours they were there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say it does it does list a specific you know day. Who you are? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't know, but maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're just saying the same. <laughs> Maybe that, like next time, like you get a guy like you know dressed in a hazmat suit and like yeah, come on in everybody, like let enjoy and like no, I think I'll I'll be all right. Get like some caution tape. A couple knock over barrels. Yes. Yeah. Flames. Actually, the, ha the hazmat. That's not a bad idea, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, it dropped! It dropped! Everybody run! Holy shit! It's radioactive. <laughs> For an older production, we have a ninja costume. We should have dressed the Sheila like that. Right. She was just like a ninja, scaring people away. Everyone's scared of a ninja. Yeah. So, I have a question about uh, a certain aesthetic part of the movie. Uh, Jason, your hairstyle. What was the thought, thought process for that? So, I actually do have a... Yes, I definitely have an anecdote for that one. Uh, I have... Oh, again, we're, we're, on, we're not on visual. Sorry, I'm on Skype. I have very long hair, and the original consensus among the group was just wear it down. You know, the character is supposed to be kind of the classic near do well layabout uh, dreamer. So everyone just wanted the hair down. I already used the down hair look for a other uh, rapper character I do, and I didn't really think it fit well. So I fought to not have that one, and I think it was actually, I don't think anyone was real mostly on my side. I think everyone kind of just said, dude, just go with the down, it's easy, we can work with it. Uh, and I don't remember, maybe you do, how the actual, what we dubbed the hair dick came about, but I... It was tricky to keep it erect. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was 
but you remember, but you remember how we came up with? Because I remember fighting. It was, it was for, the two of you. That's yeah, what I, I remember talking about the idea of a ponytail, but we can't just do a ponytail, so we have to do something different. So we started telling me the idea. I think you suggested the idea of sticking straight up. We kept uh, attributing to the Dr. Seuss kind of look, like okay, yeah. So I, I think I did. He jogged my memory. I think I did have the idea of it being straight up. Uh, but I didn't have it clear, and I even I knew I didn't want the long hair, but I didn't think uh, this will be a big thing. Then once the trailer started coming out, everybody, every comment, everyone who watched it was like, "Oh my God, your hair! What is up with this dude's hair?" The comment that has the most likes on YouTube on the trailer is the worst thing about this is that dude's hair. Yes. And so once everyone started commenting ad nauseum about it, I was like paid off yes definitely better to go with the weird hairstyle but even in fighting for the weirder one i didn't think it would be this sort of thing where literally everybody now says something about it which i'm very grateful for yeah i mean it's if you can figure out some way to stand out like you've done something like you know there's a lot of people that are trying to make these these movies where they're like very self-aware and very referential and they're like okay we know we're not, you know, a, a movie that has a hundred million dollar budget, you know, so we have to do something to stand out, and, like, that's a great thing to do, like, that doesn't cost anything, like, you already have yeah. the hair. It's my dignity. Couple of <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, no, 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 it. your character's dignity. Right. <laughs> we'll correct. go with that. We'll go with that. So... When you guys were coming up with this, and you you have all this footage at the beginning, now, is this, like, legitimate footage? Like, did you guys make monster movies as a kid, or is that something that you made specifically for this this film? Uh, the, the credits or the the home video footage? The home video footage. Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's us. I think it means both are transitioning. Yes. The, the home video footage you see of the brothers is directly from our real-life archives. The credit sequence... My genius brother, Matthew, that's his... Uh, I think we all got a chance to kind of get into our specific wheelhouses, which is so great. I'd seen Mateo do a, a little hosting thing, like where he was kind of a host for a friend's short video. The video was whatever, but I remember being like, Mateo, you're really good at kind of speaking to the camera. I uh, love doing rap, so they asked me to do a song for you. And Matthew has been making little massive dioramas in his room, playing with puppets and stuff and just crafting whole worlds. So it was really kick-ass to uh, let him do the intro, and I'll shut the hell up and let you talk about that. Yeah, I'd, uh, I wanted to do something that at least was fun and different, and every single shark movie either starts with shots of beach uh, or there's waves rolling or something very just boring. We wanted to at least do something different that would kind of stand out but also speak to the essence of the brothers and what they grew up doing and kind of show them from a very start being creative. Um, so we wanted to pull from that, and I, I have a, sh uh, a little web series called Playing With Myself, on YouTube, pretty much just about a monkey and banana who are best friends and have little adventures together. So I kind of pulled from a lot of stuff we had built from that, a lot of characters we had, and we just spent a day uh, putting together the footage, and it was just, I think it's just a really fun, uh, weird uh, opening. I've uh, spent years seeing his entire bedroom, his whole bedroom just covered in paper scraps, markers, paints, cardboard buildings, little dollar store puppets carved up with different arms put on, clay uh, knives, just a massive workshop for these specials he's done. He did a Christmas special, and it just, his entire room was a massive workshop. Uh, so it was really kick-ass to be able to get him to put some of that into the opening and hopefully have, like he says, a fun little one. It's not just ocean footage for the shark movie. That's fantastic. Like, I was wondering about, I'm like, all right, I have to ask these guys about this. Um, I want to say, though, um, 
a lot of times, like, I'll see something on on Twitter or on, you know, what have you, and I'll be like, man, this looks so cool. I would love to have these guys on the show. And, like, I shoot out a message and I hear nothing. Like, you guys were so receptive. Um, I don't know if it was you. It was actually Chumley who answered the emails. So I yes. guess this was before all the fame went to his head. I don't expect that anymore. He probably wouldn't even respond yes. to that. <laughs> the reason is, is very simple. We have no life. <laughs> So we're, we're just by the computer, like, did anything happen? Did anything happen? Did the views on the trailer go up? Did the views on the trailer go up? Just hitting refresh over and over again. Refresh. So, yes. Uh, no, we're, believe me, you. Uh, we are blessed to be here, hearing that you guys enjoyed it so much, and the fact that you're already able to quote lines like that is, it's it's the cliche, but that does mean the world. The whole We are goofballs, we are comedians, and even though we want to have different genres and stuff, I think every Majama movie would be a comedy at the heart. So to be able to hear you guys cracking up and saying you enjoyed it so much, like, believe me, we're blessed to be here on the show. I do have a question regarding the shark. Now, I read online that her name is Caitlin. I was curious if this was true and if she was named after someone. Okay, so I, I assume aficionados like you would know the name of the mechanical shark in the original Jaws. Bruce. So our shark is named... Caitlin. Bruce Caitlin. Got you. All right. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. I didn't put that together, but now that you're saying it, yep. Yep. Perfect. Perfection. That's our little in-joke. Yep. Um, I will say that um, I enjoyed the final version of the shark on the beach there. Hell yeah. Yeah. With Oh, with all all of the upgrades? The enhancements? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We have to credit, and again, we have to credit uh, Emilio. Let's say also the last names: Emilio Pozzolini and Alessandro Arcidiacono. He has are... to say those because they roll off so beautiful. Just say those beautiful <laughs> Italian names again. If I try to say it, it's just like Alessandro Arcidiacono. Matteo's music just comes from the mouth. Um, and they they came up with uh, the, the 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 original artist for the sharks uh, is Matthew again, as in drawings, and uh, Alessandro took those images made them in 3D, elaborated, came, just like kept on adding stuff and everything, and you saw the result. <laughs> we lost our mind, because again, they had nothing, to, we just gave him a basic format of what we wanted, he sent it back, and we were like, oh, you are so the perfect goofball yeah. for this job. <laughs> <laughs> the thing has goth bracelets on its frigging fins. That, that yes! was the, the spiked bracelets, yes! like, I saw that, I was like, oh my god, that's the best goddamn thing. We lost our minds when we saw the goth yes, bracelets. Because, because also an interesting factoid that not everybody knows is that we shot the movie here, we edited here, and then uh, they kind of like re-edited and work on the sound in Italy. And Japan. And Alessandro was in Japan doing the sharks for us. Uh, and so it's, it's just like, it's actually is a worldwide production. Yeah, I mean, you can put that in, you know, you you had an international team of experts working on this. Like, I would 100% put that in, in the promotional material. Yes, we'll have, as I say to everybody, well, tens of people will come and see it, and uh, <laughs> we'll learn about this. We've got more Italians on this than any other shock movie in history. Yes. I've never seen this level of Italianism in a shock cinema. Yes. <laughs> Not a string of pasta. No. <laughs> yes. Hey, you don't want to become a stereotype. I know. No. Seriously, yeah. 
Yes. Am I a shark moving the shark into the past? No, I don't know. Not a stereotype. Yes, something completely different. Um. So, I saw earlier today on Twitter that you guys are doing. You're thinking of doing a screening where everybody can wear their pajamas and, you know, you'll have cereal and stuff. Like, tell us a little bit about that. Well, the cool thing is that was actually a couple hours ago we brainstormed <laughs> yes. on that. We've been kind of researching uh, theater prices for the um, premiere, which is fun because we have no fucking money. So yes, the, 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 the theater, the average theater cost at one third of our budget. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and our budget is, uh, to be precise, is uh, $6,257.34. So I refuse to spend any more than that on the theater. Yes. <laughs> and, it, and the 34 cents is because Jason wanted the super size one day. So. I'm a growing boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But whatever. Uh, and but so in looking at the times, we noticed that a 10:30 slot, 10:30 uh, a.m. slot, was drastically reduced in price. So for some reason, my brain was like, "Oh, Sunday, that might be kind of fun." Sunday morning. Then Matthew's like, "Oh, Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons," and I was like, "Damn, that is it! Saturday morning shark cinema cartoons." Uh, so while it's not definite, I instantly fell in love with the idea, and I think it could hopefully add to the whole uh, keep your keep your childhood spirit, keep your dreamer alive that ties into the movie. Uh, and, and hopefully we can pull it off and it'll be a yeah. blast for everyone. And it nicely masks the fact that we have no money. Yes, yes. <laughs> very... That's the important part. Yes. That's the most important part of anything we do. How do we unmask the fact we have yes. no money? See, we, um, <clears throat> when I was watching this, one of the things that, you know, really hit me was the whole, like, the whole message of this film, at least to me, was, you know, keep following your passion, follow your dream, no matter how, like, ridiculous some people might think it is. And love your siblings! <laughs> I'm not sure which is more important, no matter what, but yes. See, I'm the oldest of three, so I, I get it. Believe me, I get it. Um, but yeah, like, you know, just focusing on, it's like, yeah, you know, we, we had this script, you know, we worked on it when we were kids, and like, we had such a good time, then we kind of drifted apart. Like, Finishing the script was the key to, you know... Saving your lives! Like, I don't want to... Yeah, Watch. I don't... It's just the I key. I think it can feel that way for many artists. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that to me felt very, like, meta. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it was, it was very personal, you know. I mean, we do a podcast, but we also have some side projects. And, you know, I, I, it's something that we hear from all of our artist friends across the board. It's very easy to get discouraged. It's very easy to kind of lose sight of the ultimate goal. It's very easy to lose your passion for something. And sometimes you just need to be reminded of why you started it in the first place. And I think that that is kind of the message of the film at, at heart. Yes, that's beautiful. Yes, it, exactly. yeah, if we if this film... Uh, can be taken in any way, shape, or form to help encourage creativity or to help someone keep going. I mean, that's just far beyond that I could have intended, and that is incredibly uh, gratifying. Especially with the Jason character. I, I had such a vision of purity. We've done some stuff. and Actually, the first version of Sharks we were just discussing yesterday, Jason was kind of a rapey, Pepe Le Pew character. I like this version a lot better. Mm. Uh, if Jason's unrelenting passion for the arts can inspire even one person, I'd be—that's fantastic. That would be amazing, and 
that is part of the intent, but that would be far and above beyond what I thought it would be possible to do with a shark movie. So, blessings all around. I'm turning that fucking it's like yes, a first dim. <laughs> <laughs> well, one that in in real life, the two of them moved uh, to Los Angeles from uh, New uh, Jersey. From New Jersey, I moved to Los Angeles from Italy, and uh, we. It's not a competition. Yeah. <laughs> There. Yeah, I deserve the career more. I took the wrong turn. Well, they came from <laughs> Jersey. I came from Italy, and I actually went around the earth the other way. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I wanted to go to Switzerland, but I turned left instead of right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we met here, what, 12 years ago? My God. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. 2007. That's 2007, yes, that's insane. And it took us 12 years to become an overnight sensation, as they say. You know? Yes. It's, it's very simple. Now, my question is, um, when is this, like, when are you guys shooting for, like, any type of distribution? Because we want to promote the shit out of it. Like, Wait, I, I need to add this into my collection, like, now. Like, we need, <laughs> we need to add this to our Blu-ray collection we need, I need to have one of those viewing shirts. parties like, and you yeah, don't we understand need, we, we need a best chum shirt and oh my god okay, okay you guys so we yeah, fucking love you guys so <laughs> that is okay by the way i'm sorry best chum shirt drawn by matthew again Brilliant. fantastic fantastic job about less than a month ago, uh, we signed papers with yes. Mr. Ron Bonk of SRS Cinema, who was uh, behind last year's uh, House Shark. Yes! Um, and he, he has been incredibly supportive from the get-go. Even if we really did not have anything, no knowledge and everything, the only uh, two things that we had in common is that Matthew and I had watched a lot of movies that he produced with the Polonia Brothers, uh, uh, from from the beginning, from Razor Teeth uh, to coming down to all the others that they made, and then when he did, uh, um, and he hit Mateo, he, he was actually the one that contacted him. He did yeah, because he did House Shark. He was completed, and then he did the sort of um, um, Indiegogo or some crowdfunding uh, campaign to make uh, the Blu-ray and everything stuff like that. And uh, and I say, oh, that that is very cool. I mean, as a producer, how many times will I have the chance uh, to actually being part of something of a producer that I actually like that he makes uh, what I want to make? So I donated to that campaign. He wrote me personally, and uh, in that uh, letter he says, "What are you doing?" And I say, "We just finished uh, our movie, Betsy J. Sharks. Don't forget to consider SRS Cinema for distribution." And he never let us... He uh, yes, amazing. Uh, he is amazing because uh, pretty much everything we ask for the movie, uh, for the discs... Uh, He's letting the, us design the friggin' Blu-rays, the text on the back, the picture pictures. Much, We're like, yes. can we decide all this? He's like, yeah, okay. So jumping back to your question, it's still tentative, but I, the last article we had written, the writer asked me, so I got an answer from Mr. Bonk himself. Right now, we're shooting for tentatively August for the limited Blu-ray release. Yes. And then I believe after that, he's going to try to get the wider when it'll be out in stores. But hopefully in August um, on SRSCinemaStore.com, you guys should be able to pick up your Blu-ray. And excitedly, I've always been obsessed with wanting to get uh, bad CGI Shark shirts. So we sent him over a couple designs. He said he could put them up with the release of the Blu-ray. And yes, one of them was the best chump shirt. Yes! yes! 
As long as you got two XL, that's all I need. <laughs> I think right now, I think we sent him the the best chum shirt, the bad CGI sharks logo with the uh, digital jaws around it, like computer grid jaws. Yeah. And then we actually have a kick press. Uh, Jaws parody poster with the classic shark head going up and said, but instead it's Mateo holding a green screen with a bad CJ shark coming up on the green screen. Nice. So, oh, that uh, is beautiful. Those will all coincide with the Blu-ray release because we badly want to get shirts out to anyone who wants them. Uh, we will be plastering all social media with that <laughs> yes. info. When we have the exact date, believe me, anyone who's kind enough to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, or anywhere, you guys will know we're going to give you the date ASAP as soon as we have an exact one. For right now, let's say August. All right. Um, at some point, either uh, later tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to add you guys to our Facebook group. Please make sure you share everything into our group that you have. I want okay. to make sure that our audience gets a chance to check out what you guys have. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We'd love to. Um, a lot of times I will, you know, see if I can get, like, free stuff from people. But uh, I definitely I want I don't want free stuff from you guys. I want to support you. I want to give you my dollars because <laughs> shut up and much, take my money. <laughs> that's how much like I really enjoyed this film, and I really want to support you guys because this I I swear to God this was like such a fun movie. We've been we've I've watched this year alone. I, I made a, a a goal of watching to average a movie a day. I've watched. Your movie was 143 so far this year. Wow! What about you're in? You're in my top ten of like oh, first time watch movies. Like you guys are up there with Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Like I enjoyed it that oh. much, and I'm not just saying that because you're on with us. Like I'm 100 percent genuine. Well, thank you. We, we, now I officially don't need to try it life anymore. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's uh, it's fun because it's one of the things that we are trying always to do is is uh, maybe it's of course we have limitations because we we had a, a non-existing the, the, we were making the budget uh, as we were going with the movie <laughs> we did this okay let's get it, let's buy it and then we, it was not really planned uh, ahead but the, the the thing that we tried to do as much as possible it was an honest movie and. Uh, Apparently, we kind of like succeeded because that's if you got exactly the message, well, you can't go more honest than that. Yes, <laughs> it uh, it really does. Please, please never doubt it means the world to us, guys. Well, I'm I'm glad we were able to you know to have you on and to you know, it's so rare that we're able to express to the artists who create the stuff that we like, you know, how much we actually enjoy their art. You know, because that's what I consider this. You know, a lot of people make the false connection of low budget and bad. Like, that's not the case. Um, you know, after after talking with, you know, the folks for the Megalodon show, I have determined, you know, in at least it's my thought process, that making a lower budget film is actually much harder than trying to make one of these, you know, $100 million blockbusters because you don't have the time, you don't have the money, then the resources to do multiple takes. Like, you have to get it right the first, maybe the second time, because you're not going to get another chance. Just like what you guys were talking about with, you know, trying to corral people at the beach, you know, like, it's like, okay, we have this spot, we have it for X amount of time, we have to get every single shot, and we have to do it now. Like, a budget of $6,200, like, 
that's insane for what you guys did. Yep. Like it's it's really inspiring. It really is. It's it can be done. It's as long as we believe. And as long as you write within your means and, and work towards that. Yes, and then especially, and if you don't try to be, because um, as Jason was saying, we're really not actors, so we wrote on our strength. Um, I have pretty much my acting range goes with or without a beard. That's... <laughs> For the next movie, we got to shave the beard just so yes. the fucker can act. So I can, yeah, exactly, so you can see my range and everything. So we tried to do something that uh, it's, it was in within our reach. Uh, and uh, and that meant running around Burbank, trying not to get caught like teenagers from the cops. <laughs> we had permits. That's why we stole your shit, Burbank. We stole your whole fucking town. <laughs> No, I, w- I was going to ask, like, because I had the thought as we were watching, it's like, you know, what level of, you know, you know, either, you know, stage acting or, you know, anything, like, what level have you guys had? Because it, it literally does look like you guys have had some training. It doesn't look like you just got up there and were just like, well, I guess I'll fucking wing it. Let's see what happens. We did. Yes. A, we did actually bring an acting coach in because I we wanted to take it seriously. And even though I thought we could play to our strength, we did want to have a little bit of training. So, uh, if he's in the credits. Our awesome You're acting wonderful. coach, Michael Lopez. Uh, I believe he helped facilitate that so that I we all kind of had an idea of how we wanted to play it because we made it so directly towards us. But he kind of helped see like, okay, let me show you how to explore, how to try different yeah. things. Uh, got us more to that point, hopefully, of acceptability. He gave us some points of reference, uh, and uh, and we we remaining within that confine, and uh, and that helped immensely. Uh, so yeah, he actually uh, he in uh, in rehearsing one of the brothers' uh, breakup scenes, if you will. Matthew actually ended up having some tears come out, and you know again he was not- hitting me pretty hard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was punching him in the face. That's why. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> That was a new experience for me just because I'm so uh, virginal to acting, but to actually see, uh, to prove how much not actors we are, I think me and Matthew both, when we filmed the emotional breakup scene, the rest of that night we were just like, um, oh yeah, what was that? That was weird. Let's just like not talk to each other for a while. So like, I can't even imagine when someone's going through like a murder or a battle or a rape scene or something, or like, hey, you need to act like your son just died. Like, holy crap, I can't even imagine that. It was like a challenge just to be like, you're yelling at me, man. I, I, I want to point out one thing that I really, really liked, and it was your props. Like, having the, the, the backpack that looked like it had been used since you were a kid, you know, the notebook, you know, with the wear and tear on the notebook, like... My brother tell again. Him, tell him, tell him how you made. How did you do it, Matthew? He's our prop master. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. I mean, uh, uh, Chumley, I think was the most fun because I got to get him kind of dirty, and we actually had a, a stunt Chumley and we had our original Chumley, which we used Ooh. as a clean version for the old school footage of the toys. But then we uh, we just scraped Chumley up, we dragged him across the ground, put him in the washing machine a few times, pulled out his eye, uh, just got him really dirty. Looked like he was stained with food from childhood. So that was probably the most fun to do. Notebook just bent and cracked and scraped it up and that was actually really fun even the uh the best chums t-shirt running through the wash a few times right. scraping the, along the walls of the because jason's house. was supposed to be uh horrifically worn and, and matthew's wasn't fun fact about the notebook 
me and Matthew meticulously spent uh, traded off spending nights of production, making sure making sure that there was stuff written in the notebook, old things, dumb half of script, sharp drawings. Because like we're gonna want to show some stuff in the notebook, so we filled almost the entire thing and didn't film a single fucking. Page <laughs> of it. Hey, it's it's uh, dedication. Well, it's like in uh, in seven, all the notebooks that they find in John Doe's apartment, all of them are written through, even like. The 500 that they don't show, every single one of them, every single page is filled out. So that's dedication to, to go back in there. And there's always there's always a sequel. There's always the sequel. Yeah, well, believe me, that's, it's, 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 I, if I have to bleed to make it, I will. That's the uh, top of my bucket list. I was yes. just going to ask, what is next for Majama? Do you guys uh, have another we, project you're working on or any ideas? We definitely, we've always had ideas. That's never been a shortage. Uh, we were just discussing today that we're a little taken aback by the positive uh, reactions we've been blessed to get. So we're not really sure where this is going to head. Uh, Matteo, we're lucky enough to have him been around the block back in Italy. He was pretty famous and successful over there. Me and Matthew are still pretty green. Uh, we, have a, we have an idealistic plan of the next movie and then the shark sequel. The next movie we want to do is called Let's Get Possessed, which is kind of a... Um, uh, there you go. Already got laughs off the title. Uh, uh, that Hopefully that will be a demonic possession story that plays as a metaphor for how people can become demonic when they become famous, like Chumley did. Oh, yeah. uh, and then after that, we want to go into the shark sequel, which due to putting such an emphasis on the brothers in the story... I have so much more to say about them and where they're going that it just doesn't feel finished at all. So I think, idealistically, BCS2 can be our T2. The first one you learned, you, you worked with what you had, and the second one you step up and hopefully make it better. But uh, for anyone out there who may be kind enough to wonder if there will be a bad CGI Shark sequel, that's literally all I want to do is make sure 2 happens. Excellent. I like, I like the title of that. I'm actually... Uh... I have a, a collection of short stories that I'm hoping to release later on this year called How Much Do You Tip an Exorcist? So, <laughs> you're like right in my wheelhouse. Yes. Mateo, we don't care that you paid your AAA card. Get the goddamn notifications off. <laughs> I know, I had to shut mine off because stuff was showing up on the computer and it kept dinging. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, I'm like, let me shut my phone off. Right, we're 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 professionals, right? Listen, we are an award-winning <laughs> podcast. We can't stand for this shit. <laughs> it's kind of like it's, it's the I, a long time ago I did a, a a hilarious, clearly hilarious parody, but it was just like a poster, and uh, with my since I had to learn English, that's the thing that they don't know. They they grew up with that. I had to learn English as a second language. That's every year of school too. Yes, but you know, my flowers are beautiful comes very rarely in a conversation. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I I start to learn. It's as the first thing he ever said to me. Yes, uh, that's very sexy. <laughs> I started to learn the ins and outs of English, and I still fail miserably sometimes. But. One day, I, I, I was looking at the poster of The Exorcist, and I say, okay, no, that's The Exorcist. No, let's do, let's be proper, The Former Orcist. If you go in one of my galleries on Facebook, it's there somewhere. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> I am the Punisher. 
I only make puns. I live with puns. That's that's me. The gangbusters here. This is beautiful. <laughs> you you don't you don't understand. Like if you were to go to our our Buzzsprout Buzz page and start looking at all the different uh, titles of the the episodes that we've had. I, I did, and I. <laughs> You, you you so you know what I'm talking about. We had our our, our our Skull Island episode called Unintended Consequences. Like <laughs> all of our episode like we had our buddy uh a comic book artist Derek Rook on a couple weeks to talk about Game of Thrones and it's called Rook Takes Night King. Like that's all I do is make puns for our episode titles. Mateo, that's my life. That's Matteo to a T. I knew we'd get along. Yeah. Yeah, that's when, what when he we does. See, when we went to see Godzilla I was wondering, I think I told you, uh, uh, stepping out of the theater, I said, but for an atheist, uh, this movie is just like Zilla. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> See, I, and I'm still single. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it either. You're hilarious and you're delightful. He, he, you know what? He is delightful, yes, isn't he? Is. I am delightful. I have to change my business cards now. Delightful Italian. That's right. I I wrote. Uh, we just like I said, we did the convention earlier, and uh, I promise you guys, you will see uh, a nice review because uh, I write for a sports and entertainment site. You'll be seeing a nice review in the next, hopefully, few days for the movie because um, that's one of the things I do is I, I review indie movies. Um, and I just I, oh, I was describing our podcast, and I said it's just some goofy nerd rambling about the topic of the day and her amazing husband. So... <laughs> which I think is fairly accurate. Yeah, she's she's indicating right. that I'm number one. Yeah, um, that's the image I get just from observing the dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> By being Italian, I'm naturally number two. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, where can folks find you guys? Like, you know, we're, we're friends on Facebook, so... And, uh, Matt, you just had a birthday not too long ago. Yes, last week. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you, thank you. Um, I want to make sure I mention that. Um, He's 48 now. <laughs> <laughs> so where can folks find you guys, you know, between social media, um, you know, anything else you've got going on? Uh, so where, I, where can people support I, you? I try to stay incredibly active on our Twitter, which is just easy to remember, at Bad CGI Sharks. The name's Bad CGI Sharks. The handle's Bad CGI Sharks. Uh, I always try to be responsive to people commenting on stuff. I hunt down shark fans and tweet the trailer at them. Uh, Matthew, our Insta is... Instagram is Bad CGI Sharks Movie. And uh, we have BadCGISharks.com, which is kind of a work in progress. We have a lot of info and pictures up there. Uh, but there is also a contact page there, and they can... Send us questions and money. And so, yes, send us money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'd say at, at Bad CGI Sharks Twitter, BadCGISharks.com. And if you're doing the Insta, it's at Bad CGI Sharks Movie. Uh, but I think if you just Google the name, I think most of these pop up. Uh, but, you know, just remember the name and you should be able to find most of it. It's or, fairly simple. If you're ever at Taco Bell in, uh, on Ventura Boulevard, we're usually there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Mateo, the problem is if if they start giving you money, they'll just have to change everything to sharks. Yes. <laughs> oh. uh, they already know the movie, my God. Hey, we told you, we are hardcore shark fans. You've seen our logo. 
Yes. <laughs> so you understand who we are. Um, you know, you were talking about that that shirt you have that's like a parody of the Jaws logo. Uh, I have one myself where it's me, like I'm the one coming up underneath, and there's a shark at the top of the water. So it's like the reverse of the Jaws logo. Nice. So, um, do you have any other questions? No, I just want to thank you guys for coming on the show. This was amazing. I had so much fun chatting with you guys. Yeah, this was awesome. I cannot wait to own the Blu-ray and a t-shirt and whatever other merch you guys decide to put out for this film. Like, I'm just going to buy it. I'm going to eat it up. Like, just like a shark, I'm just going to eat it up, you know? Um, you'll have to dissect me and look at my stomach and be like, oh, she ate that. Oh, and the license plate. And... Yeah, you know? Like, oh, that's what she ate for lunch. Um, Our action figure commercial? Oh, yes. Have you? No. Uh, please, when you... Uh... When you, because you guys are definitely, as we said, our audience. If you look at the trailer, you'll see our channel there. There's only four videos up, but one of the things, and again, 95% of the credit to my amazing brother here. He just up and decided as a promotional material to make a, a fake 80s throwback Bad CGI Sharks action figure commercial with custom action figures sculpted by him and custom sharks and custom sets. So uh, if you no guys way. listening at home, uh, don't just check out the trailer, uh, and you guys too. Uh, check out the Bad CJ Sharks action figure commercial. Very close to our hearts. It's only one minute. It's only a minute. Yeah. So we will finish. we will post it into the Facebook group when we when we promote the episode. So Fantastic. yeah, we will uh, we will make sure that we get everything you know that we can to help promote you guys. So so much uh, here. <clears throat> I think, uh, I think that's with, yeah, about it. Yeah, that's about it. Again, thank you guys so much for taking your t the, the, the time out of your day to chat with us about, Likewise, you know, your, your film and, and sharks and Chumley and... <laughs> Listen, seriously, you guys have made... you. This conversation will make me happy for a very, very long time. It blessed, blessed, blessed to hear this feedback from you. Thank Absolutely. you. The fact that you're already quoting the movie, my heart is just fluttering. I'm all a flutter like a teenage girl looking at Lorenzo Lamas on her bedroom wall. Nice. <laughs> Not a poster, just Lorenzo Lamas. No, looking at Lorenzo Lamas on the wall. No, duct tape to the wall. Oh, duct tape, okay. I mean, he's got nothing else going on right now, yeah. so. Uh, so, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, we really enjoyed having you. Thank you, Mateo, Jason, Matt. Uh, this, was, this was great. Um, we can't wait yeah. to see what you guys do next. <laughs> So neither can we. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys are ever out this way, because we're in Massachusetts, if you're ever out this way, you know Boston area, maybe Connecticut, let us know. We'll meet up. We'll ha we'll we'll have a couple of drinks. We'll go out to dinner or something. Let us know. We'll we'll, we'll chat some no, more sharks. <laughs> Absolutely, that sounds very good. All right. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, aka Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunchers.com. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Ephes for Family, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the Whiz Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. 
Hi ho there, podcast arenas. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid sexy Best Darn Diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. Patrick Ray Hope in the motherfucking house. 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 We are back. So that was fucking awesome. That was amazing. Thank you so much to Matthew and Jason and Mateo for joining us and talking about bad CGI sharks. Yeah, like I'm always down to talk about any type of CGI sharks, good, bad, indifferent. I mean, you're just always down to talk about sharks. Yeah, I'll just talk about sharks in general. So just wait till we get to uh, till we get to our uh, science fact later on uh, in the episode because. It's a uh, spoiler alert shark related. So. Oh no. I know it's it's a twist. What a twist. What a twist. But uh you uh you came up with a battle this week. We have a brand new battle and we're going to throw it down for you. Sadly because we are recording in Magenta Manor, we don't have access to I mean, the... I can pretend to be Enchanted Exile. Oh, do you want to do it? Yeah. It's time for a battle. Oh, that's probably going to sound fucking awful. (laughs) Uh, That is why we are not musicians and we leave that to the professionals. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not editing that shit out. Uh, We, because of uh, the alien attack, we have to like send files to Johnny Wolfenstein and we edited some of this stuff out. I'm not editing this. This is getting sent as is. I don't care. It sounds awful, and it's, but it was fun. I don't care. So, uh, our so, apologies to Enchanted Exile first and foremost. Uh, it's called an homage. Our amps go up to eleven. Yes. Um, but anyways, we have a brand new battle for you guys. It is our CGI Shark Down. We want to know which CGI sharks reign supreme. We have. Sharknado versus Sharktopus versus Megalodon versus the multi-headed shark attack. Who do you have? So when we say multi-headed shark attack, that spans all two, three, five, and six. So 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 the 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 multi, not just one head, but but multi. Yeah, multi heads from two to six. From two to six attack. Like I said. But anyways, so hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on the Facebook page. Let us know who CGI Shark... Which, which CGI Shark? CGI Shark oh, God, I need a nap. Supreme. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I need a nap. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, so I do have a science fact. Science! Uh, yes. Um... So earlier in the in the, the show, we were talking about um, goblin sharks, 
And goblin sharks are... Sharks that love Halloween. Yes, that's one of them. And they're always eating. That's why they call them goblin sharks, because they're always gobbling food down. Mm -hmm, Makes sense. Um, Goblin sharks are very odd-looking. They have almost what looks like a, a pointed... Almost like the brim of a hat over the top of their head. And it's not to block out sunlight or anything, because they live very deep in the ocean. Um, But they also have uh, something that's not uncommon for deeper uh, ocean fish, where they can actually kind of, like, unhinge their jaw. Think of it as, like, almost like the xenomorph and alien, but instead of having, like, the inner jaw, like, their outer jaw can almost unhinge and jolt forward and snap onto a unsuspecting prey fish. So it's, it's a marvel of, uh, of, uh, evolution because these things, the way they look and the way they hunt, uh, they're not exactly, uh, evolution friendly, but they make it work as most sharks do. So that's my uh, shark science fact for today. They're Yay. they're one of two sharks that are considered a living fossil. The other being the Greenland shark, which has a lifespan of uh, they don't even reach sexual maturity until they're 150, which I think I talked wow. about at a uh, on a different episode. But but yeah, so those two are living fossils. But uh, we really like goblin sharks, and I don't like when. Uh, uh, despotic warlords strap bombs to them and try to kill the chosen ones. So, for that reference, you need to see Empire of the Sharks. It's streaming free on Amazon Prime. So check that out. Ashes, you have a wine nugget for us today? Wine nuggets? Wine nuggets are delicious. That, 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 that's interesting. But yes, I drank a wine and I liked it. I'm going to tell you about it. Um, so the wine I'm talking about today is from Zorvino Vineyards. It's a vineyard that I have spoken highly about in the past. They are located up in Sandown, New Hampshire. Um, they have a limited release wine that I am just absolutely crazy about right now. So if you know me, you know I like my cocktails as well as my wine. Wine being the far superior drink in my opinion, but I do enjoy the occasional margarita. Now my favorite kind of margarita are spicy pineapple margaritas. Now what Zorvino has done, they did it primarily for... Cinco de Mayo, but they still have some of this limited batch remaining, is it is a habanero pepper pineapple-infused wine aged in tequila barrels. Now, I'm just going to give you a moment to let that all sink in. So it is a pineapple wine that is aged in tequila barrels and is infused with habanero pepper. This wine was amazing. The more sips you took, the further along on the palate you allowed it to sit, the spicier it got, which I loved. But it still had that nice, citrusy, sweet, delightful fruit forwardness of the pineapple on the front of the palate. So you had that initial like sweetness of the pineapple with the habanero really hitting you on the back of the palate. 
It was so delicious. If you aren't interested in drinking a wine like this, you can definitely cook with a wine like what with a wine like this, or use it as a marinade. Um, I feel like wines are not utilized as as marinades as often as they they should be. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Unfortunately, you cannot purchase these wines online. I believe that it's something that they're in the process of, of trying to set up. But if you are in the New England area, it is definitely worth the trip up to the Zorvino Vineyards itself, Sandown, New Hampshire. It's a really nice ride, especially around this time of year. They have their patio open, um, so you can go and you can drink wine on their porch and look out over their very picturesque piece of land. They have, you know, their own vineyards and uh, grapes and whatnot that they, they grow there as well. So it's just, it's very pretty. So yeah, it's their pineapple picante, pineapple-infused habanero tequila aged barrel wine. It's, it's, I'm, I'm totally hacking up the description at this point, but it's delicious. So if you are interested, let me know. Maybe I can uh, grab you a bottle. It's spicier than spicy crispy. It is super spicy. It's very much spicier than spicy crispy. If you can believe it, it is spicy spicier Kristen than is, is spicy like crispy. Pretty high up on the Scoville scale, but this, this is spicier than spicy Kristen. Uh, not as pale though. Not as pale. No, but it but it is a white wine, so That's true. So uh let's see, we we did our battle. We did uh, a little bit of science, a little, little bit, bit of wine. wine. What are we talking about next week? Uh next week, uh that's your your episode that I know you're super excited about. Girl, we are gonna bring the fabulosity back into Throwdown Thursday. It is June, it is Pride, and we are going to celebrate with a RuPaul episode. That's right, you better work. Supermodel of the world, RuPaul. We are going to talk about her career, her life, her accomplishments and achievements in both a personal, um, you know, in, in her personal life and in media. So this is going to be a great episode. So you better get on your heels, get your head dead. Girl, we are going to talk. Yes. And we're going to work it. Uh, we are going to sashay and we are going to shantay all over this episode. Yeah, she knows the lingo more than I do. Uh, although I think for this episode, being that it's a special episode, I uh, I may tuck just to uh, really get scared. <laughs> so I want to make sure. You're going that... to take a trip down to Camp Tuckahoe? Yeah, Tuckahoe. I don't know what that means. I don't speak <laughs> Spanish. Um. I think that's about it. That is about it. All right. So thank you so much for listening and joining us. And, and thank you again to the bad CGI sharks team. And uh, with that being said, we, we will, will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>